Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Hello, and welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I'm Taylor Barnes. All right, Taylor. So we wanted to talk today about top five sales enablement documents. Good times on paperwork. (laughs) Lots of paperwork. All right. Lots of paperwork. So I was going to kick it off and just say, you know, what is a sales enablement document? So somebody may not know the term sales enablement. They may be they may already have everything they need, but they don't know that term. Uh, How do you how do you summarize what sales enablement is? Yeah, sure. So in my mind, a sales enablement document is anything that you can give to a salesperson or an SDR or a BDR in order to get them further along in their sales process. It's more than words. It's a document that backs up the words on what you do, the value your organization brings, and ultimately how you deliver. So that's the definition as I see it. Tell me about you. What, what, What do you think the definition of that is? Yeah, it's anything that helps take the friction out of selling uh, nice from a document per t- from a document perspective. So it's any documents or collateral that help take the friction out of selling. You know, so you got things like presentation decks, capabilities decks. You know, we all I know you've probably been on sales calls like I have, where somebody's like, "Well, send me something," and you're yeah. like, "What? A, yeah, we we didn't even get far enough to know what I'm sending you, right?" Right. So, so I can kick them over a capabilities deck, and it's a broad overview of our organization you know, values, different things they might want to know in order to, to move to the next level. Or, you know, it's a, it's a more deep document from the conversation that we had. And maybe, maybe they know exactly what they need to purchase from us and we can send them yep. back on that. And I think a lot of organizations really overdo it here when it comes to okay. just creating massive amounts of documents and a slick for every product and a slick for a subset of a product and this and that and this and that. And it's not that maybe project by project, those wouldn't be important. But what I recommend for everybody out there listening is that they find their five foundational elements or their five foundational sales enablement documents and make those a part of every onboarding and continual education throughout you know, the sales teams and the sales processes and whatnot. Yeah. And I think in, in talking about those five foundationals, if you look at the customer journey, all the steps a prospect goes through during the sales cycle... If it's a foundational piece, you should be able to use it. For me, you should be able to use it in every instance, right? Absolutely. So a new lead comes in, you should be able to use the capabilities deck pretty much every time, right? So if it's a foundational, it gets higher reuse. Whereas if you've spread it out, like what you've talked about, there's a deck for everything, you know, you'll find out, well, you know, you go into Google or SharePoint and you look at that document, it's like, hasn't been clicked in three years, right? That's not a foundational document. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's important that people also need to look through the lens of whenever they're selling a product or service, there's an educational enablement document, like here's what it is. And then there is a organizational centric enablement document that says, and here's why you should choose us. So there's two, it's not that you need five for each necessarily. Uh, but you know, I see a lot of um, I see a lot of sales enablement documents. You know, as as the client likes to say, sales enablement documents, where it's really just about why us, why the organization, why we're the we, best, we, 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 we. we. exactly. <laughs> Instead of saying, you know, hey, big macro global problem statement here. Here's an issue, uh, and these are some of the challenges that people are seeing. Here's what it is. Here's here's what the issue is, and then getting and then backing into the why us. Here's why us. 
uh, and I can give you those kind of enablement documents. But I, but I agree with you. I think it's it's something that needs to be repetitive and consistent throughout the sales process. If it's someone new or a, or a veteran that, that that's doing some prospecting and, and you know wants to continually educate their their clients on what they do best, yeah, absolutely needs to be part of you know the, the standard operating procedure to remove friction within that sales process. Yeah. So before we get into the top five that we've chosen for this for this podcast and, and similar to the five we use, um, let's talk a little bit about what problems having this available solves. Like what's the problem we're solving by having five core sales enablement documents? Yeah, I, th- I think the problem that you're solving is that you have legitimate collateral that backs up what you say. Um, now, granted, you don't want this document to look, you know, Hey, here's what I just read. Here's my script. You don't want that. But, you know, when, when it comes to something, you know, obviously very professional looking and whatnot, it, it adds some validity to what you're talking about. So, so there's, there's a lot of problems that, that, that and, and maybe problems isn't the right word, but there's some, there's a validity element to the, to, to the, to the sales enablement documents that gives the, that gives the client and the, and the audience an understanding and some validity to who you are as an individual and who you work for. Um, so number one is just basically, a document that the client can read that knows you're for real, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think of scenarios in which I've had to, when I, when I use a sales enablement document, why I use it and how that helps us uh, position ourselves against the competitor. So for example, like I said earlier, you get off a call and somebody's like, send me something. And what we find is, you know, if it's, if it's a founder led company, maybe the founder is the main salesperson right now they can go cobble that together really mm. quick because they have 10, 20 years of industry knowledge and they're like, okay, I'll send you something, right? But they still have to take all the time to put it yeah. together. And then maybe they don't get right. to it, right? Maybe they don't have time to get to it. Yep. Uh, so that person doesn't get the extra touch point and follow-up after that first call. Whereas having that on demand, you know, if, if I'm a founder doing the sales or I have a sales team of, of 20 people, being able to get off that call and send them something immediately just takes again the friction out of selling. Whereas hopefully my competitors don't have their stuff together. That's right. Which uh, you know we've all probably been in situations where we've won deals because when the, when clients or prospects in this case ask for something, we had it to them like that. Absolutely. Right. It was you know snap of the fingers. We already had it documented, and uh, it was out the door. Yeah. And uh, you know our competitors waffled. Right. They they had to go get it together. They didn't have it. It wasn't ready. They forgot. You know all of a sudden. They don't look like they have their stuff. That's right. And, and now it's something real and tangible that you can refer to at a later date. So you have a great conversation, what have you. <laughs> he or she finally picks up the phone and you have this good conversation. And then at the end, okay, well, just send me something. And the, well, then when you do, then you've got something to reference. Hey, hey do you remember my phone call? Uh, no. Do you remember that document that I sent you? The enablement document right. that I sent you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it gives you something real and, and, and you know, physical to, for them to refer to. Back in, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of getting you further in the door, further to opportunity creation and whatnot. So, yeah, having something physical and tangible that you can send every single time, no matter what, quickly as a result of the action, uh, you're going to separate yourself from the competition. Yeah. I mean, you just hit on another one of the great values of having these documents is it is another touch point you can have. Right. So, hey, did you get a chance to read yeah. this? Hey, did you look at this? Right. Instead of, I just want to follow up and check in, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I thought page five was really applicable to our, com- our conversation. Right. right. Did you get a chance to look at that? 
oh, no, I didn't. Great. Well, you know, take a look. Or if you want to schedule a meeting, we can jump on for 15 minutes and I'll walk you through it. So, you know, that document just reinforces the touch points and guiding them through the journey. Yep. And if you didn't have it, you know, it's it's kind of random follow-up. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's something else to be said about these. I don't know necessarily if there's a standard canned template for a for an enablement document like this, but for the most part, you would think it has some company information, the why you is the company, and then, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, s- some way for them to relate, you know, as a client, for them to relate to say, okay, well, someone in your shoes really loved page three. Someone in your shoes really loved that one stat about 70% of the workforce being yada, yada, and what have you. So I agree. I think having something to reference continuously, uh, and if you do that, you're going to create interest naturally by just asking them if they've read it yet, if they've read it yet, if they've read it yet. And if it's right in front of them, right. I, chances are they're going to read it, you know, and, and at least yeah. look, and I, not every time it's going to, it's not going to convert into a, to a customer every single time, but it gives you the best possible chance, which is why we're here. It gives you the best possible chance of getting to the next stage in the opportunity creation. Yeah, definitely. So I'll share one more example just to talk about, you know, how some of these documents really play into uh, lowering the friction during sales or speeding up sales cycles. But I had one with case studies. Mm. So we try and do case studies on every customer that we have. You know, we go make them happy, give them a wow experience, and then we get the case study and testimonials. And I find that that's a huge help during the selling cycle. Um, I had a, a prospect a few months ago that turned into a client and they said, Josh, I want to let you know, after we closed the deal, they were like, hey, we talked to seven other people. You were the only one who sent us case studies and then said, yes, I'll get those people on wow. the phone. Yeah. And they were on the phone. Yep. Right. Almost immediately. Right. Within within I think it was roughly 72 hours. They had talked to two or three people where we had given references from these case studies. So so I mean, those are things that take the friction out of selling and really sell your service when when you can have those. Absolutely. The the value behind what you just said should be everybody's takeaway from the, from that kind of a conversation. It is, what can I provide the client? And look, you just nailed it. It could be references. It could be case studies. It could be, um, you know, some sort of business case relating to, you know, what the market's seeing and whatever that, whatever it is. But when you leave them with a, with someone like that, that they can call that hears about you through another experience or can read about you through another case study or another testimonial, I mean, that's going to speed things up incrementally because, again, it's not like the customers don't like talking to you necessarily, but no no one does better talking for you than someone that they can most closely relate to, like a colleague in their same position at another organization. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So now that we've, you know, we've talked about what these sales enablement documents are, how they speed up deals or take the friction out of deals, both um, so the next thing we had was we were going to talk about five different, so, you know, our top five sales enablement documents. What do we put yeah. together? What do we really like to use? And uh, so we're going to start off with what we we tagged as activity templates, right? So the emails and the call mm. scripts, and and you could look and say, well, that's is that a sales enablement document? Well, it is because you're giving it to the sales that's rep right. to make sure that they do it. Uh, they deliver a, a certain experience for through that customer journey, right? For a prospect. Yeah. 
So sales activities, let's talk about activity templates, the value of those. What are they, I guess? Let's start there. The, the number one reason that, that people, want, that organizations want to create some activity templates is to create some consistency and to speed up the training process of the individual. If you give them 10 different scripts, well, it's going to be 10 times longer than you expect them to learn. You know, it's going to take them 10 times longer. So if you give them something repetitive, and this is in the early stages, obviously you don't want to take away anybody's character or personality through the sales process. That's obviously going to help him or hers build a relationship but without having something internal like that that they can go to they can you know almost like a like a response library or you know some sort of uh you know internal information repository where they have scripts call scripts you know a list of products why they're good when they're used things like that that, that internal enablement document is an absolute must when it comes to sales enablement yeah, I know one of my favorite activity templates is um, an email, a templated email that goes out from the sales rep once a lead comes in. So somebody submits a form, that lead gets routed over to a sales rep or a lead qual person, whatever it is. And my favorite one is, you know, thanks, you know, thanks for contacting us. Here are the next steps, and here's a little That's bit right. about us. So what it does is it gives them the next five steps. And I even saw a friend of mine had one and it said, you are here next to it, right? So they would actually send updates to this and say, well, now we're on step three, mm. right? And what it did was it created, it set you as the guide and, hey, I'm going to guide you through the process and here's what most clients do. And, you know, there was always a, an overview deck, right? Or some sort of attachment to that. So everybody sends that initial email the same mm. way and it reinforces the process too. Because it's telling them, hey, these are the next steps. Yeah. You know, first, you know, you're getting this deck. Second, we're going to schedule a 30 minute uh, quick interview call just to understand more about you and what your challenges are. Number three, we're going to do this. Number four or five, That's right. you know, so and on. I like, I like and how I they like, like you're here and here and here and here. I, I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. a really good hack. I hope people uh, heard that. that was, that's a really good hack. I actually, I, I've been a part of, you know, training a lot of organizations. I haven't heard that one. That, that, that's good. Yeah, I loved it um, and, and like to use it all the time. So that's kind of an email. That's an email template yep. or an activity template. And again, when we talked about it being a core template, yep. what we're talking about on the show is it gets used almost every time, right? That same email goes out every time a lead comes yep. in to set the tone of what's next and what you will expect from our organization through this, you know, through your journey with us as a prospect. Um so we do want to focus on those core things and not all the different nuanced ones and different situations right. and scenarios because you could build a huge yes, library. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. You want to focus on the rule, not the exception. Yeah. So the next one we had was a presentation deck. So that's pretty broad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, somewhere on step two or three in that email that you just received from us, there's going to be some sort of deck that the sales rep has to use. And, yes, you know, there's brand guidelines. There's ways that you want to convey your message as a company, um, you know, all these different things. So what does a presentation deck look like for you? And, and how does that become a core deck, yeah. not just one of the 50 different decks for all the different products a, a company might have or services they might yeah. have? And, and, you know, people people will, will hem and haw about, you know, oh, another presentation deck. And, and you know, because many times, <laughs> you know, that, that that has like this death by PowerPoint kind of feel to it and whatnot. 
Well, look, regardless of the way that you feel about it, everybody's got it. It is important. So it's a necessary part of one of these documents. Now, an ideal presentation template will be as short as possible, but will establish two things, one of which is what you do great and how you deliver on those things. The presentation can include some general, you know, information about the company. You know, if you have a mission statement, if you want to talk about how long you've been in business, sure, that can include it. But it will say what a perfect opportunity for you looks like and exactly how you deliver. And if you establish those two things in the shortest amount of time with the shortest amount of slides, you're really going to make an impact. Yeah, I love the fact that you distinguished what you do great, not just what you That's do. Right. You know, so a lot of times I look at that as also, you know, who do we serve best? Yep. Right? Who are who our 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 who are our best clients? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, some things like that. All right. So we have the presentation deck. Um, I also threw in as, as a, I think the third one on the list was a capabilities deck. So I saw this one used years ago where somebody says, send me something. And this is kind of this broad deck, but um, saw a couple different pages on it where it was, you know, here's who we are. Here's uh, some references mm. and clients. Here's some of our general capabilities. Here's how we help you. Right? Yeah. So, and, and some of that is a balance of, of us and them, who we are, but as also how we help you as a client or a prospect. Um, so I loved having that general capabilities deck just for, it, it felt very fluid. Yeah. It felt like I had something to give anybody if they just wanted to know some more information and we hadn't really dug into the details of what they needed right. yet. That's right. And, and, you know, as we're talking through these things, I think it's really important for people to remember that this is, this is during customer acquisition. And this isn't necessarily going to be needed each time that the customer has an opportunity for you. It's, it's part of getting the customer onboarded. That's the primary purpose of these documents is to get the customer. And then afterwards, we are just in the opportunity management space with that client. So the capabilities matrix that you bring on is very common, especially when it comes to vendor onboarding. So, Josh, I want to onboard you as a partner. I want to know what you're great at and where you're great at those things. Will you provide a capability matrix that might say where I can perform these services, how many resources I have in those areas? And of those resources, what are they great at? Are they great at, you know, CRM? Are they great at AppDev? Are they great at Java? Whatever kind of business you're into. And then they will take that document. And many times if they're a pretty significant organization that's got this master vendor management organization, they will put you in some sort of filter and you'll be flagged anytime in an opportunity relating to what you're great at comes up. So that's why you give them the capabilities matrix is so that you can be onboarded in a proper way. Yeah. I also found that a lot of times you'll get, re like you get referred in, right? So there's a reference or somebody found your website because they were looking for something specific. And the capabilities deck was a nice overview where I've had people go, oh, I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Right. So we would get somebody that came in because we did, you know, a great sales enablement document. They're like, oh, well, we need a, we need one of these too. We got this from this other guy. He said, you guys did it. Um, oh, oh, you do these other things, yeah. right? You do this operation piece on actually put it in, putting these items into yeah. action. Well, I didn't know um, you could so do that in San Francisco. Wow. So I can get the same right. experience in Atlanta. Or Algeria? Wow, interesting. And that's the kind of, and that's the goal. That's a, that's an enormous takeaway that you want to give the audience or give the client when you give them a capabilities matrix. You want them to feel just that. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so that's capabilities deck. Mm -hmm. The next one we had was case studies and success stories. So I see a lot of companies that 
don't have these, right? They, they don't have the logos. Um, they just didn't get a time to put into building these out. Um, what's the value of having case studies and success stories? Well, I'll to tell you, you Josh, there, there's no reason at all why organizations shouldn't have these. And if you don't, it, simply put, you're, you're cutting yourself short. The, 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 this is an extremely powerful enablement document. And look, there, there will be a lot of clients out there, a lot of, lot of organizations that say, well, I don't want to put my logos out there because it makes me seem like I'm bragging about logos. And there might be other organizations that say, well, I don't want to put my uh, any logos out there because really that's really an indirect customer of mine because I'm working through a reseller and whatnot. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, any of it. OK, so here's exactly to be clear for people <laughs> right. that are listening. What needs to happen with a case study, regardless if you're going to say I work with Walmart or if you're going to say, I work with one of the largest consumer goods, big box retailers in the world with X amount of locations and they do $48 billion in revenue or whatever Walmart's numbers are, that's fine. Then leave it at that. But explain their problem, explain your solution, and explain your benefit that you gave them as a result of them working with you. And then if you can get a quote or a testimonial from one of them throughout the process, Phenomenal. I mean, the, the, these kind of these kind of case studies don't just stop there. That's a future testimonial. That's something you can put on the website. That's something that you can use as an ongoing client reference. You know, in the example that you gave earlier, Josh, about having someone that can just you know vouch on your behalf immediately. This is a, this is a must-have document. And for those that don't have it, you got to get to work and get one of these immediately. Multiple, as many as possible, depending on verticals, service type products, environments, whatever the, whatever fits into your specific, uh, you know, uh, ideal customer case study that needs to be top of the priority list when it comes to these documents. Yeah. I mean, you hit on all kinds of different benefits there. And we talked about it again earlier in the podcast of if you want to close deals faster, show a prospect that other companies have trusted you so much so that they have testimonials and case That's studies right. written, right? That they're already out there. I mean, nothing, nothing puts you above a competitor than something like this or having this available. It is a tremendous um, like, piece of influence, a tremendous piece of influence that, 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 that has such a big impact on yourself. Yeah. And I also, I'm going to throw in, you know, I like your no excuses on that, right? Because I do get a lot of excuses. We do these with clients and, and guide them in that direction. So you need these, right? You need these to help close deals faster, take the friction out of selling. Right. Um, and I hear it all the time, like, oh, well, I'm in, I'm in security and people don't want to talk about what, you know, what they're doing. And I was like, okay, well, we're just talking about a business challenge, the company, the business challenge and how you That's solved it. it. You don't have to give away proprietary nope. information. You know, I would even go even further to say most people aren't even going to read yeah. these, right? Most prospects aren't going to read every inch of no, this. You're right. But the fact that you have yes. it is is probably 80 to 90% of the value. Would you agree I, I, with well, that? I, and, and look, you can make an argument that the entire top five enablement documents that we're talking about here are just what the vendor or what the client's going to just check the box on. There's a very good chance. Oh, they gave me these. They gave me these. They gave me. Now I'll onboard them. Oh, they gave me all these. That shows me they're legit. They're not a fly-by-night organization. And if I need to call their references down the road, but at least you are moving yourself along in the sale. You're moving yourself along into their vendor database, which is the only way that you're going to get any opportunity anyway. So yes, I, I firmly agree with what you're saying. Don't this, don't take so long and worry about these documents 
to make them absolutely perfect. Just get them, have them available, develop them as you go, but get going on them stat. Yeah, definitely. Get them out the door and use them. And and one thing you hinted on a little bit there is, you know, somebody may want to reference down the road. But what I found is, again, in making things move faster, when you're proactively showing them case studies and sending them material, they're actually less likely to chew up one of your yeah, references, right? right? And request those or, well or worry about what it said because all of a sudden, like, hey, you've got enough, you've got enough you here, got enough right? It's like, you don't, you don't get, go to the one of the top five, you know, service companies in the world, you know, the big five or big three, you know, whatever you want to say and, and ask for other references. Yeah. They already have clout, yeah. right? They don't, you don't need them. And, and you're giving some of that clout by having the case studies and the testimonials Absolutely. on your site. Um, so again, you don't have to wait for them to have those three calls because they never even asked for right. them, right? Those testimonial calls. Or get those them published, get calls. them on paper as soon as possible. All right. So the last one we had for this segment and this podcast is delivery and next steps. So we had this flagged as transition roadmap. So that is... Uh, the deal's done, yep. right? You closed, you want an opportunity and making sure that's a smooth transition over to the ops or delivery side. Uh, share what that looks like for yeah, you. Sure thing. So, you know, uh, this is this is a document that, that we basically want to give to delivery or to project management or whoever works on your execution and fulfillment. It's a document that gives them what they need in order to succeed. Many times these these are built in automatically, and if that's the case, and it's all built into maybe a automation CRM flow, fantastic. But in a lot of cases where they don't have a lot of those big time technologies, this is a sales enablement document, but it's also a delivery and execution enablement document. It tells exactly what's expected. It could have on site task lists. It could have you know what the deliverables are. It could have planning activities day of activities and post activities and wraps up everything that they need in order to make sure that delivery and execution are going to be, you know, set to go. And I will say that the part that people forget in the sales process is if you show that to a customer prior to winning the deal, th this is what they want. Customers, <laughs> right. customers are, are intrigued initially by sales and fluff. And all that stuff, and I and I get it because our organization does it too. All of our organizations do it. But when it comes to education and how we deliver, that's where you're going to move the meter. That's where you're going to really educate the customer on. Go, okay. So now I really know what I get when I buy this from you. Now I know how you're going to deliver this for me. It's a little less common if you're buying a widget. A little less common if you're buying something on Amazon. You don't need all that stuff. But when right. it comes to a real, you know, a solution or it comes to a service or it comes to a multi-pronged project approach and it's going to take longer than an overnight transaction, this is really, really important to make sure your customers have. Yeah. And bringing that to back to, again, taking that friction out of sales, it, I've, I've had it where people wanted to put like we have a standard SOW right. and their scope of work. Right. And there's nothing harder than dealing with two different lawyers to try and finish a scope of work that somebody wants to edit, right? And uh, for whatever reason, and I've always had, I've had lots of instances where people said, well, we want exactly what you're delivering in the scope of work, even though it may be time and materials mm -hmm. and they get to direct the entire project, yeah. right? Or it's, it could be fixed. There's all kinds of ways to do it. But um, what I found is if you have a next steps document, they can go with it. Hey, 
here's the SOW that you're going to sign. Here's the other page that is not a legal document, but it outlines what we're going to do right after you sign this. All of a sudden, those worries go away. They don't want to then take all of this and put it in a document where then legally, even if they change their mind as a client during the process, now you have all of this extra paperwork you have to go through for change orders. So There's different ways to do it. So I love the idea of, hey, this is what's next. And when you sign this, here's where we're going to go. All of a sudden, they are put at They know what's going to happen in the first five days, in the next 10 days, in the next 30 days. Because for the most part, the kind of sales that we're talking about here don't get turned on overnight. There's a little bit of a ramp up and whatnot. But this will give them, I mean, we talk about transition roadmaps. This will give them a roadmap as to what to expect. They say, I'm in. They give you the purchase order. Well, now they know what their next roadmap looks like for the next 25 days. It's a very, very good piece of information. And it's what makes, I will say, this is what the decision makers base their decisions on. You know, if it, if yeah. someone's got a problem to solve and you, they think you can solve it, that's great. But when it comes to decision makers, you know, whether that be directors or VPs of solutions or what have you, they're going to want to see not just the recipe. They're, they're going to want to see what the baked good looks like. And this is going to be exactly how you show them. It's going to be the closest way to show them the deliverable before it's done. Yeah, in your words, they want that. They want that. Uh, the brownies. You know, they want to see how the brownies are going to be made. Right. Like, what are the what are the directions on the back of that box? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for joining us on the top five sales enablement documents. Just to highlight those top fives, we had activity templates, uh, general core presentation deck, capabilities deck case studies and success stories, and then the transition roadmap. So keep in mind, all of those need to be core documents. They're used over and over and can be adapted to different situations, but you know, still say 95% the same, we'll say. Um, so thank you for joining us. Our next podcast will be all on technology, sales and marketing technology, and what it will and will not do for you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you all then. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.